Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone. Today is January 3rd. I hope everyone is having a great day. Uh, Today, I'm feeling kind of great. We have a lot to talk about. Stuff that you won't hear anywhere else. If you remember correctly, we spoke about a few things. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I made mention of specific countries. And today, I'm going to give you news that you will not hear anywhere else. But before I begin, I just wanted to kind of give a heads up of what's going on today. So the president has nothing really scheduled today, nothing on a public schedule. We have a lot of people swearing in, uh, and we are having our first um, Muslim uh, Congress women swear in who are going to be using Qurans. Uh, you know, a lot of people said that Keith Ellison swore on a Quran. He didn't. Uh, he actually just posed for a picture with it. Uh, they, this is something that we need to discuss at a later date. I'm thinking, you know, maybe on Friday or next Monday, we could talk about it because today I'm going to tell you things that I mentioned that are going to give you a bit of insight so you can see exactly what's going on. I've said it many, many times before that when our president tells us things, it's because they've already been done and they've already happened. And I'm referring to Pakistan. If you remember, I made mention of how Pakistan is going to be something important and the ties uh, with Obama, which a few people who were following politics back in the, uh, you know, during the presidential elections of 2008, know about. Um, That was my gab. Wow, it's doing little froggy sounds now. Uh, So basically, here's where we're going to start with. I'm just going to have you listen to a clip. A clip of our president talking about a specific country without mentioning the country. And then I'm going to have you listen to another clip. So here we go. Have a listen. Surrounding. I mean, I spoke to some of them. They, they, I said to a certain country, very rich country, what would you do if the United States pulled out? Oh, we'd be taken over by the Taliban and terrorists. I said, ah, then why are you charging us when we have to use your country to send product through? Why are you charging us when we send airplanes over your country? We're doing the job for you. Why are you charging us? He said to me, very great gentleman, smart. He said to me, well, nobody ever asked me not to. I said, I'm asking you not to. He said, we will not charge you. And I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars. Flights over his country. 
But I say to him, what would happen if we weren't here? And he looks at me and he goes, we would be overrun. We could not defend ourselves. And yet he charges us, but he doesn't charge us anymore. So he doesn't charge us anymore. How much more? $1.3 billion more. And what country was he was what, what what country was he referring to? Here's the next clip where you should uh, listen to what country he was talking about. $1.3 billion. I ended that. A lot of people don't know it. Because they haven't been fair to us. We want to have a great relationship with Pakistan. But they house the enemy. They take care of the enemy. We just can't do that. So I look forward to meeting with the folks from and the new leadership in Pakistan. We'll be doing that in the not too distant future. But I ended the 1.3 billion that we paid like it was water. We just pay it to Pakistan. So I ended that. And we ended a lot of other money that's being uh, sent out on a monthly basis and a yearly basis to countries that don't even vote for us in the United Nations. We give them billions of dollars. They don't even vote for us in the United Nations. But we want something to help certain countries. And, you know, it's not all about the rich countries, because the rich countries really do take advantage of us, because they pay a very small percentage of their military. And they cheat on trade. They take advantage of us on trade. Okay, so just to stick on the topic before we get into um, what else we're going to be talking about, let's focus on Pakistan right now. So he talked about speaking to a specific leader. He was talking about Pakistan because Pakistan is in the middle of everything. He sat and gave full account as to his logic of saying, you know, we shouldn't be in Afghanistan. We're 6,000 miles away. Russia, when they were the Soviet Union, because remember, when the Soviet Union fell, a lot of these countries that we see came out of the Soviet Union, harbor the Taliban. And like he said, which is true, the USSR at the time fighting the Taliban because terrorists were entering the Soviet Union literally went bankrupt. Because... There were it was just bad timing. A lot of things were going on. People were revolting. They were getting pressure from the Western uh, nations to uh, break down the USSR. Now they're Russia. Now they're called Russia. They're only called Russia because they went bankrupt fighting the Taliban. See, using terrorists because we're going to revisit the Eastern. Uh, uh, let's say we're going to revisit the nation of Asia when we talk about some quid pro quo and funding terrorists in a bit. I'm still working on writing up the story because no one's ever talked about it. And, hey, I do very, very good and thorough research, and the information I have on that is mind-blowing. But pay attention here with Pakistan. They are now working with the United States. And how is that? Well, in case you missed it, because, you know, our news won't report it, their previous prime minister was arrested. There was an anti-graft tribunal, and that means basically using public funds to line your pocket. Kind of the same thing going on 
with the Clintons right now. You know, as per that subpoena that no one's talking about, that uh, the chief, that Chief Justice Robert chimed in, that's actually happening. But see, again, I'm going to reinforce. In other countries like Brazil, Venezuela, Argentina, Iceland, and now Pakistan, their leaders are being arrested faster and locked up than they are here. And the reason I want to point this out is they're different than us, right? Remember. They are only the instruments used by the corrupt officials within our country that are shielded by our Justice Department, FBI, intelligence communities, and believe it or not, by the mainstream media, of course, we all know that, but also by what you would consider conservative media too. Oh, and by the way, and we'll talk about this another time, did you know that Disney purchased Fox? Yeah, that purchase was completed. Figures. This is why we have such um, questionable headlines lately. Like I said yesterday, I'm still surprised they have Tucker, Laura, and Sean there. But it was just completed, so there's still time to remove them, right, Fox? Because I mentioned that they had a big battle in regards to their business in England, in the United Kingdom. And now it's here. So they're owned by Disney. Merger right there. Done. All right. So moving on to Pakistan. So their prime minister, Sharif, was removed from power, you know, just about a year ago, less than that, over corruption allegations. He's been arrested and sentenced. Do you know why Sharif is important? I kind of made mention how Obama spent time in Pakistan. You know, there were stories about his boyfriend in Pakistan, how he traveled in 1981. And even if you go to Snopes, they'll say, well, Obama obviously traveled with another passport because Americans were advised in 1981 not to travel to Pakistan and couldn't travel with a U.S. passport. So he must have used another passport. And that's kind of true not really because even if there are sanctions you can still travel it's just advised not to and when you arrive there they could just turn you away and the money you spent to travel there is pretty much nobody cares too bad you took that risk you're not insured but I am very thorough and I can tell you that There is a lot of merit to that, and hopefully we will have that put forward to the right people soon. But in the meantime, the prime minister that was in power in Pakistan, the one before that, you know, it's all nepotism. They all are related to each other. That's how they hand off to each other power within nations as such, you know. Somebody's prime minister and their cousin is finance minister, their sister's brother, second cousin removed. You know, they're all family. Let's just put it this way. So this is where our president has been busy. I know that we want to see our corrupt officials arrested and locked up just like them. But you can't do that until you remove your external enemies. Because by removing the people that collude with our corrupt D.C. mafia first, 
we remove a lot of power they have from external sources. They're peripheral, I would say, big guns, like the United Kingdom, like the EU, which, as President Trump said in his, uh, you know, conference yesterday, I don't care what the EU says about me. I'm not elected by them. American taxpayers vote for me, not them. But having said that, he is very well loved by the people of the European Union because they realize just what they lost by joining this economic partnership. So moving back to Pakistan and Afghanistan and Tajikistan and Uzbekistan, right? Pakistan is very wealthy in natural resources. And if we were to remove our troops from Afghanistan, you would see countries like India, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan get annihilated by the Taliban. They would be taken over. And so... If you heard correctly, the president told this one person, well, if we're flying stuff over and you're charging us airspace time for going over your airspace, if you're charging us for residing where we are and transporting goods, but we're benefiting you, I don't see how that's okay. Pretty fair, right? Because if we pull out of Afghanistan, you're done. You don't have the manpower or the support. Do they really believe that England is going to come to their rescue? No, they're not. England doesn't know if they're coming or going at the moment. So you can't rely on the United Kingdom. They've got other issues with the EU. Are you going to go to India where you've killed those relations completely? No. You will be overrun by the Taliban that are literally using you to move through products. To, to hide, to make purchases. So we just saved another $1.3 billion saying, hey, you know, if we're doing so much good to you and you don't want us to pull out right away from Afghanistan, then stop charging us. Pretty fair, right? These are a few things that people are not paying attention to that are very important. We are removing power from external influences. There are countries globally that do the bidding of the globalists, the DC mafia, these elitists that think they know best, that want to enslave every man, woman, and child on this planet. Think about it. You have the Taliban in Afghanistan. Why aren't all the other countries that are surrounding Afghanistan fighting them? Because they're being funded by very deep pockets, and they can't challenge that. That's the problem. How are you going to fight someone that has unlimited resources? Well, the U.S. has stopped funding the Taliban as of... January 2017. So now they ha- they solely rely on money from other 
air quotes, allies to rebel. So if we actually did pull out, we would see borders being redrawn really quickly in Asia. We would see a collapse between Eurasian relations. And Russia does not want to fight that war. They've been there, done that, and it hurt them really bad because they weren't at a position as the Soviet Union to compete with the money coming in from the West funding these things. And you're going to say, wait, 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 hold on a second, Tori. Do you mean to say that the United States, the European Union, Australia, New Zealand, Iraq, Iran, Turkey, were funding Afghanistan? Uh, The Taliban? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, did we even ever prosecute anyone from the Taliban? Really, did we, though? For what happened at 9-11? I mean, we let off the right-hand man of Osama bin Laden, didn't we? A lot of people say, well, we found him and shot him. Did you, though? We don't know that. Okay, maybe we did. Uh, you wouldn't have had him if, they, if that wasn't necessary. It's kind of like John McCain. He wouldn't have been dead if it wasn't necessary for him to be dead. And like I said, they needed the dead guy to blame it on him. You know, the stuff that I said a year ago that McCain was the leak of the dossier is now coming to surface. These are things we already knew and they're recycling it as if it's news. Kind of like Pakistan. Nobody wants to talk about Pakistan. No one wants to talk about how much money we give them. Why are we giving them this money again? Is it really going to Pakistan? Who's it going to? And let's pay attention to where the former president went to. Where did Clapper travel to? Just in 2017, Brennan, Clinton. Where did Clinton slip and fall with her best friend, Huma? You are not paying attention if you can't answer those questions. So now we see that after these visits by all these people to these countries, they're all changing government. People are being arrested. Have you seen what's going on in India? Boom. There's a lot of change going on. There are a lot of indictments going on, kind of like Pakistan. These uh, are the things we should be paying attention to. How we have the former Pakistani prime minister guilty of corruption, sentenced to 10 years in prison, and no one really talked about it. That's a big deal. Because throughout Obama's administration, we were always about Pakistan. Obviously, Pakistan was very scared of um, former President Barack Hussein Obama. And you know, the funny thing is, is that this guy that people claim Hussein was like tight with in Pakistan, he's a a relative to this prime minister and the previous one too. It's pretty incredible. It's incredible 
how this is all panning out and no one's talking about it. Instead, we're talking about stupid things like, I don't know, just name one thing that they're talking about, which is BS. Anything. How they're talking about how the wall is ineffective when we all know walls work. So Pakistan is a very big deal. And the president just made that known so that the people that aren't paying attention or are pretty much occupied in places where they don't have much access to information can see it happen. And that's not it. The world needs to know how we're progressing. Because like many people have said before, yeah, we were leading everything. Everyone looked to us for direction and global movement and protection. Yet, you know, we offer them protection and they charge us. Kind of like in Germany. We have so many bases and we offer them this protection and this training and this access. But they don't pay us for that. We pay them. And not only that, they don't even pay their fair share uh, to the UN and NATO. They don't. But we're still doing that. How about funding these countries that provide absolutely nothing to us but, uh, you know, caravans like El Salvador or Honduras or Costa Rica? We can keep going. So circling back to something that I talked about four weeks ago and introduced is USAID. That is a depart- that's a department within the State Department that needs to be eradicated. There's no reason we should be sending money to these countries. We are not their sugar daddy. We do not want to be their sugar daddy, and we do not want to dictate how they operate. Because as we know, USAID globally has been condemned by many countries for going in there and meddling with their elections. Speaking of meddling with elections, you know, if they know how to do it in other countries, they'd be great at doing it within their own. So when we're talking meddling, it's not the Trump administration meddling or colluding, but it's the people that are hanging on by a thread right now, going full force and, and, and in, with insane rates and with insane commentary to grasp onto something they can no longer have. They're done. They're gone. They will not exist. And I said that yesterday. The Democratic Party as a party is not one that we should be concerned with right now. At all. It is not a threat to us. The threat to us as a nation is a few select persons that have made their way into an elected position. And our own Republican Party, our, our president's Republican Party. There is where we need to focus because that's the last attempt. And we see all these corrupt clowns like Brennan and Comey, Obama, Clinton, all of them. Battle cries to the Republicans that have resigned. Battle cries to the Republicans that have been reelected or newly entering into the party. To drop President Trump, and we saw Mitt Romney throw the first, you know, swing at it. This is where we need to start being a little bit more diligent and paying attention. Our president was very candid, and did you see how CNN spun it? How 
oh, he just fired Mattis when Mattis resigned. No, he was fired. Because if he wasn't fired, the spokesperson for the Pentagon wouldn't have resigned on the 31st of December just like that. Immediate resignation. And you know what he was talking about when he said, oh, you know, and all those people, you know, they can can be a team player. They could just, you know, retire and stuff. He was talking. Have you seen how many people have retired? We should talk about that. Let's analyze how crazy it looks. Because people are not providing credit where it's due. You think that it's all a coincidence? It's a coincidence, right? That, you know, so many people resigned or retired. You know, it's called firing in grown-up language. You know, just like the way Barack Hussein Obama fired Mattis. uh, Fired Flynn, and I said Mattis. He fired him. You know, and wasn't it funny how... McChrystal just came into the picture. Didn't we talk about him a couple weeks ago? You see, everything can be mathematically calculated because we have everything we need. Anything we need in order to understand what is happening and what is to come is in front of us. We're just not putting it together. And hopefully I'm helping put that together for you. Again, I don't want to tell you what to think. I just want you to think. So after this break, let's analyze what our president said in regards to these retirements and resignations. I will see you all in just a bit after this short break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. Seven hundred twenty nine seventy eight. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort hey, Darryl, guarantee. You... My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 800-961-9194, promo code red state. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you own. For the best night's sleep in the To the first woman speaker in our history, the general lady from California, Nancy Pelosi. I accept this gavel in the spirit of partnership, not partisanship. And I look forward to working. forward to working with you, Mr. Boehner, and the Republicans in the Congress for the good of the American people. For these children, our children, and for all of America's children, the House will come to order. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same? and that you take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will faithfully and well discharge the duties of the office upon which you are about to enter. So help you, God. I do. I'm sorry. I had to listen to that. Pelosi is now the Speaker of the House, um, and she's got some interesting people uh, that are coming into the House. Pretty incredible times, right? But I just thought I'd share that with you because I found that funny. I want you to take a listen to something really interesting, though, uh, and this is going to go back to what I was saying. I don't know if he's going to become a team player. I hope he does. If he does, I think it's going to be better for him. I think people are very upset with what he did. He hasn't even gotten to office yet. He hasn't even gotten to office. And he was very happy when I endorsed him. So, you know, I don't know what changed uh, other than we've succeeded in many of the things that I said we were going to do. And let me tell you, we're succeeding in others. We're really succeeding in things that people thought were impossible to do. So I think that Mitt Romney hopefully will be a team player. And if he's not, that's okay, too. Look, I handle it. I mean, I just... Got rid of, I, I wouldn't say good. They say they retired. They say that Bob Corker retired. They say that Jeff Flake. They say, they say. Wonderful guy. I never even met him, and he's hitting me. He was going to tell people how to win in 2020 because 2016 can't. He wrote a book about it. Didn't work out too well, that book. They all write books, Because huh? we won in 2016 because we didn't want to wait till 2020. <laughs> that is everything you need to know. And here's why. 
We have had an extraordinary amount of resignations and early retirement. Let's see. So people that were not uh, running again is, like he said, Corker, Flake, Orrin Hatch. Obviously, uh, McCain passed away. We have uh, Shuster. These are all, I'm only naming Republicans first, right? Republicans. Remember, I said the threat for our nation's continuity into this path of regaining and, well, not regaining, but giving the power back to the people will rely on how astute we are to suss out the enemies of the people that are entering to replace these people that have left. So, continuing, Republican only for now. Bill Shuster, Goodlatte, Dent, Issa, Reichardt, Trot, Ross, Royce, Lobiondo, Harper, Ross Lechton, Hen Sarling, Bridenstein, Barton, Duncan. Hold on, there's more. These are all the Republicans that resigned, right? Smith, Jenkins, Paul Ryan, right? Freligenhustein, Costello, Poe, Bruni, Gowdy, Johnson, and then uh, we also have Cochran, Murphy, Franks, and uh, Farenthold. So these people all decided they're not going to run again or they resigned slash retired. And these are all Republicans. Now let's see the Democrats that had the smarts to just bow out. And there weren't that many. There was Shea Porter. There was um, Etsy, Esty. Sorry, Green, uh, Delaney, uh, who else? Uh, there was Gutierrez, of course, uh, Tongas, of course she'd go. Nikki needed to go. Uh, Nolan, Brady, uh, Kihuen, Levin. And then we have, obviously, Franken, who's gone. Uh, you know, he resigned for booby reasons. Uh, Conyers, a Slaughter. And um, we also have the AG of California resigned. Which is, it, it, Here's the thing. Look how many people. This isn't something that you see often. We have, you know, close to 50 people that have bowed out or resigned, right, when they could have just sat in the office as they usually do. But I want everyone to see that these Republicans, okay, forget the Democrats, the Republicans that left, left because they knew that if they didn't leave, they would be sitting in a tribunal soon if they didn't butt out. But remember what Comey said in his last, you know, interview after he was maimed uh, during his questioning, which is, where are all these somebodies, these Republicans that resigned or took early retirement? Where are they? They need to come up and speak. These Republicans, because it's like 40 of them, that walked away. Because those are the people that thought, well, it's pretty evident they have a lot on me. There's a lot of insurance on me. I need to go before I get into 
a lot more trouble. I can resign and retire and take my pension and just say, forget about it. I'm not fighting this. I'm not in on this. This is not happening. I did this because it was like, uh, you know, it's like one of those groups of people, you know, when you hang out with the wrong crowd and one of them says, let's go steal a car. And everyone's like, okay, sure. I don't know how I feel about it. And you're that guy that jumps into the back seat, not really wanting to steal the car, but you're not, you're not, you don't have a problem with taking the money from selling the stolen car or whatever. Right. But you really didn't want to participate kind of peer pressure. Those are the clowns that are leaving. But here's the thing. Paul Ryan, for example, was such a clown that this is where it's going to lead for my next hour of the show of the people being sworn in today, how he changed the face of the way our Congress is with um, certain statements he made in 2017. Uh, But we'll get into that later. For now, I want us to focus on all these resignations and what the president said. If Mitt Romney doesn't want to be a team player, that's okay. I'll take care of it. Like I fired and, you know, I got rid of, and they're all referring to Mattis. No, he's talking about 50 people he got rid of. And do you know how many will resign after that? Because if Romney was smart, he'd actually resign or not turn up to swear in and say, you know, I shouldn't really do this. I should just sit in Utah and enjoy the money that I've made and go fishing and that's it. I should do that. Maybe get a cabin in Montana and just enjoy my family because if I get into this, there's no going back. So if Mitt was smart, after doing what he did, And setting the tone for the year in regards to the Republican Party, which is let's break it up, let's not support President Trump, you know, he'd be smart to resign. And I I would encourage him to do so because there's a lot of people like me. Do you know how many cyber warriors there are? We have soldiers everywhere. Soldiers, cyber soldiers everywhere. Again, this is why our president is successful. He has people like you and me who know how to access information, who know how to retain it and disseminate it correctly. This is why he's a genius. Because he crowdsourced cyber soldiers. It is 2018. Everything's online now. Nothing dies on the internet. So Mitt, because you might listen to this, I would highly suggest you get sick or resign. You know, no one's going to look into it. Don't worry about it. You could just butt out. Or you could stay in and destroy your family as well. You know how it works out for other people, right? It doesn't work out so well. See, all these Republicans that resigned, here's where the cool part comes in. They all had a lot of their bank accounts and monies tied up in places that are now sanctioned. Remember how the president wrote out four different executive orders about Venezuela, number one. No buying Venezuelan bonds. No buying the government of Venezuela or bonds in their oil companies. A couple months later, he says, okay, no buying Venezuela, you know, government bonds of Venezuela or uh, their petrol shares with 
cryptocurrency, bitcurrency, digital currency. You're not allowed to do that. No funding whatsoever because we confiscate it. If we see that you're doing it, it's our money. We're taking it. This is how we're getting really rich too. And then see, that didn't work. So he wrote another executive order saying, okay, now no selling or trading with Venezuela because we know how that works. You have money, you want to buy something and you pretend you're selling it and you give a receipt and they get a write-off and you get shares. No more selling or, 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 or purchasing with Venezuela, period. And when that didn't work, he's like, hey, if I see you messing with the gold in Venezuela or if you have shares in gold mining companies or if you're buying their gold or if you're doing anything with their gold, I'm taking that too. The fact that he had to write four separate executive orders because they couldn't get it through their head tells you a lot. See, these people have lost a lot of money. But remember, we also have the bold Republicans, fake Republicans, right, that are still in office like Billy Long, you know, the round auctioneer that doesn't really care about citizens in general. I mean, we're peasants to him. We have no voice. We need to be quiet. Like him. Or like John Hoven, who's like, oh, yeah, we need this wall. It's national security. But I'm going to donate my salary while we're shut down. Really? If you believe that we need a wall, why are you donating your salary? To appease the Democrats, to show them in a nonpartisan way that you support them, that you're on their team. See, these are the little things we need to pay attention to. Paul Ryan, we all knew was a big problem. And he made sure, exiting, that he had set it up so that way we have more problems when he leaves. These people that resigned, good for them. They were smart. They made money off of us. You know, all this graft and stuff, right? You could have been prosecuted, but... You know, you chose the easy way out because that's the way you make a deal. You say, I either make this really ugly and your whole family gets, you know, dragged through the dirt and your kids college and all this, everything's just going to go tits up, walk away or we can play. So all of these 50 somewhat people, that is not unusual at all, right? To have so many people not run again or resign or retire early. You know, that's normal, right? Because it's never happened in history, but it's happening now. But for some reason, no one's talking about it. Not abnormal at all. Government shutdown, you know. Now the Democrats own it. They can't say the president. No, we need national security, period. If you're not going to offer national security, then you're not getting money. And you own it. And you know, these are departments that are hurting you because these are your voters who are saying just give him the money for the wall he's right what is your alternative strategy because here's the thing now they have to come up with some solution that's not a wall that's as effective as a wall and they can't so you know we're going to see a lot going on and there's people that are saying the shutdown will finish tomorrow finish in a week i'm pretty much thinking when's that date for general flynn's sentencing i think about that time that's when it's going to end because you know the subpoena 
that Politico lied and manufactured a story that it was about Trump and Mueller, you know, that subpoena, (laughs) it'll be responded to. So we need a couple weeks to get all that information in order and have the grand jury take a look at that under seal. So we expect to have some really big cracking news in February. You know, give it a couple weeks, right? Sit on it, simmer it. You know, they'll have to respond. I think, what do they have? They have 14 days by law or is it 30 days? Let's pretend it's 30. I think it's 14 because they already responded. But I don't know how it goes in grand jury things, right? I don't. I can tell you in civil, you know, in regular, you know, open courts. But I think maybe it's like the maximum is 30 days for them to respond since they've told that they they were told that, you know, they have to. So here's where, you know, that information is going to come out. And people are constantly saying, oh, it's about Mueller and Trump. And the left is just reveling in it, hoping that they will find a way to file impeachment before this comes out. But it's not going to happen. And then on top of that, remember the subpoena, how, you know, the chief justice that I've been talking about for over three weeks, now he's making news, right? Handled when he shouldn't have, he shouldn't even respond to the request for the appeal, but he did. Well, you know, now we're seeing that even our conservative outlets are laying the foundations for the left. That's how dumb they are. There's people reporting that, oh, he was hacked. Yeah, great. Now you've given him a scapegoat for not getting in trouble because he wasn't hacked. He complied. These, that's where we need to pay attention. Pay attention to the conservatives. Pay attention to... To Trump's Republican Party, the, 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 the weasels within and the weasels within the conservative media, the conservative media, I repeat, there were people upset that Mitt Romney went on CNN and didn't deliver. Like, why are you upset? You want him to sit there and trash our president? How are you a conservative and supporting the president if you're going to sit there and trash Romney for not trashing the president? This is where you need to pay attention, you have to pay attention to where you get your information. And I say it again, you don't have to get it from me or anyone specific. You need to be able to use those six inches between your ears and discern what's fact and what's fiction. Because you have everything you need. All the information you want is out there. You don't need the stuff that are sealed. The stuff that's unsealed tells you enough. Because like I said, Politico is so dumb. Why did they say that that, com- that country A had to do with Mueller and Trump? No, it didn't. It had to do with the one unsealed document that we got in May of 2018, which is Trump's DOJ going against with graft charges against the Clintons. If people pay attention, it's all right there. And it's so frustrating, especially for me, who, you know, is quite outspoken. I do not care if I call people out, I'm okay with it because I'm not going to say something on air or to my friend that I won't say to your face. And if I'm wrong, then prove me wrong. Do your digging. See it for yourself. President Trump's lawyers asked the courts to keep the case Sealed. Of course we want it sealed. Of course we don't want the mainstream media getting it. Because what do they do? They take this hard evidence of corruption, theft, collusion, 
you know, pay to play, quid pro quo, and they'll soften it and make it look like, oh, it's okay. Kind of like how this email, the 33,000 emails, you know, now are falling under the whole Russia collusion story. And it's like, wait, stop. Separate things. But they just mesh it together. So you can't, you know, you don't know where it starts and where it ends. You know, how... Uranium one is now, whoa, you know, that's like a conspiracy theory because of Russia collusion. And it's like the Russians are not the problem, man. The Chinese are. We know it. That's the biggest war we're fighting, which is China. Everything else, you know, the terrorists, the jihadis, the D.C. mafia, the globalist elitists, they're not even as bad as what we're trying to, to, uh, to, I would say, avoid happening with China. And so the news, you know, right now, today and yesterday, I saw they're all talking about, you know, the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And I've been saying, hey, we need to check his emails. And if I'm saying it, you know, we've checked his emails, his texts, his phone calls. Because like I said before, if I was Obama and I did not want President Trump to swear in, I would make that phone call to my, my buddy, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, to figure out how he would be able to rule to delay the inauguration. So if I was Obama or the Obama administration or the Clintons, when a company that is located outside of the United States tries to conceal information about my wrongdoing, if I was Obama, I would then appeal to the chief justice of the Supreme Court because no one else would have the audacity to send an appeal straight to the chief justice of the Supreme Court. But okay, let's follow the fake news, right? You know, what was really funny that a lot of people missed is, you know, during the meeting, he had like this poster, you know, the one that he had from last year, sanctions are coming. The original one said it was November 5th. And that's when he announced sanctions against Iran. And, you know, I love his sense of humor. I love it. And, you know, they were the, the, the fake news media were so on point to kind of point to it and say, oh, my gosh, he's had this since like October of this, you know, blah, blah, blah year. And he's like recycling it. How vain that he's putting a poster of himself. And it's like none of them paid attention that the date was November 4th. And, you know, you have to think November 4th. Why would he say November 4th? And that's just food for thought for you. Why would he say November 4th? I mean, the next election's are November 3rd, and then the next one's after that, or November 5th. You know, why would he say November 3rd, November 4th, the day after elections, the day before elections? I mean, what is he referring to? That's food for thought, because, again, the president never tweets out, talks about, or says anything that isn't really happening. He tells you what he's doing. He's not someone that beats around the bush. He tells you exactly what's happening exactly what's happening and kind of like Pakistan you know a lot of people don't pay attention because he was talking about that over a year ago today you know our president tweeting he talked about uh what did he uh tweet about he said he was talking about the historic results that um you know will help uh you know President Trump win 2020. And bottom line is we don't need a list of his achievements. We just have to look at the climate that we're in now. 
I mean, it's things that we see every day, crazy things that we see every day that guarantee he's winning 2020. And he even said in his tweet, and I quote, the shutdown is only because of the 2020 presidential election. The Democrats know they can't win based on all of the achievements of Trump. So they're going all out on the desperately needed wall in border security and presidential harassment. For them, it's strictly politics. And it is. Because if he achieves the wall, the promise he made the promise that he's trying to keep and he's constantly being blocked by people of his own party and the Democrats, then he's failed because, you know, people like Ann Coulter, which I was very surprised, was like, well, you failed because you can't deliver the wall. Or people demanding him, you know, uh, through all conservative channels, oh, well, you can't deliver because you didn't give the He did so much. He has disabled the global elitists worldwide and you're focused on the wall. Shame on you. For every person out there calling him out, he's going to get the wall done. You don't have to worry about it. But you crying and moaning about it has delayed his plan and his rollout. I mean, if these conservative talking heads would just shut up for once and just say, great job, President. I'm behind you because I know what you're doing. He'd be done by now. Most of this stuff, obviously, were being delayed by the Democrats. But imagine how much delay he's getting from his own party, from his own supporters, which is insane. They are delaying him, kind of like yesterday. How a lot of them were upset that Romney didn't trash him. So, you know, he mentioned the Treasury. And remember, I talked about the Treasury over a month ago because it's very important. He said the shutdown is only because of, uh, he said the United States Treasury, sorry, has taken many billions of dollars from the tariffs we are charging China and other countries that have not treated us fairly. In the meantime, we're doing well in various trade negotiations currently going on. At some point, this has to be done. And yes, we have brand new trade agreements with our soy. This is necessary because the only leverage we have against China is trade. And we need that leverage to stymie and kill the plan that China had in regards to their global domination and their use of the biggest weapon ever, which is to use our AI against us. And AI isn't robots. It's not drones. It's what you provide. So after this break, we'll get into China Warren and those that are swearing in. I'll see you guys in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Filtered news. 
Real news. Okay, and welcome back for the second half of my show. I'm your host again, Tori. You can find most of the things I talk about on ToriSays.com. I'm on Red State Talk Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says or Gab Tori underscore says. And all my DMs and messages are open, so feel free to communicate with me and send me tips, information, or any commentary. It's highly appreciated. And you can also email me at Tori at ToriSays.com. So before starting this, I'm going to give you a four-minute session of just listening to some really good stuff. Some stuff that some of you may have heard, but it's going to all make sense as to why the deep state, the D.C. mafia, the globalists are freaking out. And how reserved the responses were. So we're going to be hearing Mark Meadows talking about the Clinton Foundation. Here we go. So, so just so you're aware and your counsel is aware, uh, have you submitted those, all those documents to the IRS? Yes. Have you submitted them to the FBI? Yes. Okay. We, we will compel you to, to bring all those documents to this committee then. And, and I, I can just tell you, uh, I, I think you're being poorly advised by your counsel, and I'm saying that directly to you, sir. Let me just tell you, this is a hearing to get to the truth. And what you're saying is you're all about the truth, Mr. Monahan. Isn't that what you said? Sure, so just ask. Okay, if you're about the truth, then why aren't you willing to give us the documents? Because we're explaining the documents. We have other claims. I don't think we should be sacrificing our potential. I said if I could protect your financial claims and get a commitment from the IRS, would you be willing to give those documents? But that's not our only claim is with the IRS. You keep making that mistake. Our claim isn't just with the IRS. We have other claims that we can bring. So so you're saying you're going to bring civil uh, civil or uh, we a complaint against the foundation? We have opportunities that we will pursue. This is what we do for life. All right, so let me understand that. So you're, you're saying potentially you're going to bring a civil lawsuit against the Clinton Foundation and, and that this public hearing might affect that. No, we didn't say that. What we're saying is that the IRS, the, the IRS submission stands on its own merit. The IRS will make their determinations based upon what they find. If the IRS finds one way, we'll have one reaction. If they find another way, we'll have another reaction with counsel. Mr. Monahan, do you believe that uh, based on any interviews that you've done with anybody at the Clinton Foundation that there was criminal activity that might have might have um, happened within the Clinton Foundation. We believe there is indicia of that, yes. All right, and you you base that based on what? The interviews. With whom? We interviewed Mr. Andy Kessel. Um, Larry, can you speak to that directly? We, we were together. We interviewed Mr. Kessel on November 30th, 2016. I had reached out to him in early to mid-October. Of uh, uh, Andy was a former acquaintance of mine on Wall Street. Andy called me back on November 9th at 9.45 in the morning. Uh, about three to three, three and a half weeks after I had reached out to him, we exchanged pleasantries. I had informed uh, uh, Mr. Kessel about my relationship with Mr. Moynihan so that he was fully aware of, uh, of who John was. We got together, and uh, he was very forthcoming. We stand by every word uh, that we provided. So what does forthcoming mean? Uh, I mean, what, what alleged criminal activity do you believe that the Clinton Foundation may have may have uh, been a part of. His statements to us were very clear, very genuine. He told us that Mr. Clinton, on a regular basis, mixed and matched his personal business on an ongoing basis with that of the foundation. 
All right, so, so your conversations with Mr. Kessel indicated that there was commingling of funds between the president and the foundation. Is that correct? Yeah, expenditure of donated funds. So he would use uh, donated funds to the foundation for personal use. That Private annuement is what they would call it. That was stated to us. Yeah. And so uh, were there any other criminal allegations? Well, he just stated to us very specifically, and it kind of took us both off guard, to be quite frank. I've been doing this business for a long time when someone says to me, quote, I know where all the bodies are buried. It was shocking. But, but, but that's hyperbole. So go ahead. Tell me what is the other cr potential criminal activity that may have happened. Well, his statements to us about that we have submitted with the IRS, it's up to them to make a determination on that. What are the alleged criminal, other criminal activity that was communicated to you, Mr. Moynihan, from Mr. Castle? What he communicated to us was the commingling of funds. That's the most specific of illegal activities right. on a regular and ongoing basis. Did you did you have uh, another interview with Mr. Miss Fischel? Miss who? Barbara Fischel. Barbara Fischel? Yeah, is there no. anybody else that you interviewed other than that? We did. Who, who was that? We're not at liberty to give that name. Sir, your sworn testimony, let me just tell you, that dog doesn't hunt here. Oh, I so if, if you've interviewed someone else as a witness, you're required to answer that or plead the fifth. What, what do you want to do? We made a confidentiality agreement with her at the time, so we'll plead the fifth. But we happen to speak about the interview. We just can't give her name up. So what you're saying is you have a confidentiality, a confidentiality agreement with someone you interviewed. Yeah. And, and what was person, that person's position? A, a very senior position within the Clinton Healthcare Access Program. All right. So within what is, I guess, referred to as CHI, is that the largest part of the Clinton Correct. Foundation? Yes. yes. And how many, how many dollars of assets would be in the CHI part of the foundation? Approximately $900 million by the analysis that we had done. Okay. And, and what were the allegations that she alerted you to? She stated very specifically um, that the funds were used as essentially a piggy bank. You could travel and vacation when you wanted to. That the senior administrators within this fund, operating this fund, treated this commingle this as personal business, foundation business, for travel. Stop it right there. Okay, I stopped it right there. Uh, and thank you for the volume comment. I hope this is better. So why did I have you listen to that? So as you can see, uh, we have an open investigation with the FBI. Uh, earlier to that clip that I played, that five-minute clip for you, uh, they pretty much said that it's being headed out from the FBI in Arkansas. We all know that they have a lot of information out there, but what else is going on? This is where you need to be paying attention to and listening to the exact words that they were – they were actually very careful – and Mark Meadows pushed and pushed because he wanted to show just how important it is to keep the name of this woman confidential. 
The using $900 million as a slush fund is a very big deal. We can all agree on that. Huge deal. And this is, and where they were using it from is the Clinton Health Initiative, you know, where they supposedly were helping foreign countries with healthcare access, you know, clean water, vaccines, AIDS, you know, all that stuff. So why is this important? Because if you remember correctly, I had uh, spoken about this, and you should see an article that I had written. Uh, it's about Perkins Coy and the executive orders. But something that I mentioned in there is very important. We know that Fusion GPS was paid for by Perkins Coy. And the claim is, is that money that was used was from Hillary Clinton that she funded it. Because at some point, Perkins Coy was hired by Clinton to be her counsel throughout her campaign. This was done supposedly at the same time that they were creating this dossier and collecting this information. Now, what I reported was that Perkins Coy was actually using money from the DNC and the Organizing for Action, before it was called Obama for America Foundation. And what he was talking about, about commingling monies, you know, how former president impeached Clinton was using funds for his personal use, even though they were for the foundation. This is where I'm getting at. Fusion GPS dossier and all this stuff was not funded only by Hillary Clinton, which came in later, of course, because they need to make that happen. But it was actually done from funds that were being commingled into the same account by Robert Bauer, who was once the personal attorney for President Barack Hussein Obama, and then as White House counsel. He commingled the money for the DNC, Obama, and Hillary Clinton. So how do you know where the money came from? Do you? No, you don't. And it's very funny hmm, that when they were being investigated to find out where this money came for Fusion GPS, Robert Bauer just resigned from Perkins Coy in May of this year. He resigned because you know what they're going to say? He made the error, you know, not keeping good records of where the money was coming from. See, this is what they do. They claim that they were hacked. They claim that it was not intentional. It was just, um, you know, not being 100% on the ball. This is the type of stuff they do. And I'm referring again back to reportings that are all over Twitter, social media, and conservative media talking about how Supreme Court, you know, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts, was supposedly hacked. It wasn't hacked. It was colluding with them. Remember, Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts has a really long-standing relationship with Perkins Coy from before his appointment. He was the judge that sided with Robert Bauer in letting off Osama bin Laden's right-hand man as an innocent. He claimed that that man was innocent. Again, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes. We have all the information we need. We have everything at our disposal to figure out what is going on. 
We can see it. The panic that we see coming out of D.C. right now from the Democrats is incredible. You would say, wow, uh, they're really going at it. They're coming in hard. You know, they're pulling, they're trying everything, everything, because they failed, because they underestimated, as General Flynn once said, the cyber soldiers, because we have cyber soldiers. Hence again, circling back to the, the fact that President Trump is a genius because he crowdsourced the information he needs. Do you think he doesn't listen to you? Every tweet you send him, he looks at it. He does listen. He listens to everyone because you might be sitting in a corner on your lawn chair somewhere in Tennessee, somewhere in Kansas, where you stumble upon a document online and you talk about it. And that document can be the smoking gun or at least lead to it. He listens. He needs all of us to be behind him, especially now that we're entering into 2020 because it's all about the elections. And did you know that there's about 35 Democrats, a lot of them that have resigned or retired, that are coming in, feeling the room to see to run. Yeah. And I'll name them all out for you. So we have creepy Joe Biden, which would be a lot of fun to watch him try to run. Uh, you know, a lot will be exposed because there's a lot of cyber soldiers with a lot of stuff on Biden. Then we have Clinton flirting with the idea. I mean, really? <laughs> I don't know how it'll look. How, f how, uh, let me be careful with my words. Maybe she needs to wear wide legged pants when she uh, goes out campaigning. Then we have Holder, really. Carrie, seriously. Castro, Bennett, Booker, Cory Booker, really. Brown, Casey, Delaney, Gillibrand, Harris, Klobuchar, Merkley, Sanders, Warren, Swalwell, O'Rourke, Gabbard, Bullock, Inslee, Hickenlooper, McAuliffe, Landro, Gilliam, Bloomberg, Boutier, Garcetti, Steyer, Schultz, O'Malley. Then we have Rock, The Rock, Johnson, Murphy, Michelle slash Michael Obama, Ryan, and Oprah Winfrey. So out of all of these names, I could say that I can see Michelle Obama running. Why? Because President Trump doesn't care if you're male or female. When you throw, you know, throw mud in his face, he's going to wing it right back at you. But he has not done that to Michelle Obama. And possibly because he's old school and he respects the fact that she was a first lady. But also you can see that he shook her hand first at the Bush funeral. And he tries to keep it up, even though she attacked Melania too. He's been very cordial, which indicates that he pretty much wants her to run. And that would be great. Because I think as a public, we should know everything there is to know about the candidate running for president. I mean, we did that to Trump, didn't we? We stripped it down. Here's where we stripped down asking questions like, hey, how come you have no pregnancy pictures? I mean, I didn't really like my first pregnancy. I didn't like the way I looked, but I still took a picture just to remember, hey, this is my pregnancy. I'm just saying. It's just thoughts.
So from all of these, I could see Biden actually having the audacity to run. I mean, Warren throwing her hat in there was incredibly funny. She is so out of touch with reality. It's ridiculous. And you know what was so cool is that the president retweeted the um, uh, um, a banner saying Warren won 2020th. <laughs> that was excellent. I love him for doing things like that because he puts it into perspective. Warren running for president, seriously. That beer thing, wasn't she the one, weren't they the ones that had a problem with Kavanaugh drinking beer? But I mean, you can only see just how, how insane and funny it is to watch these Democrats. I mean, come on, you have Pelosi who can't even remember things, who looks like she's had like five strokes in a row as Speaker of the House. Speaking of the House. So let's get into that. First of all, the one thing, there's there's three people that we really need to pay attention to. Ocasio. Everybody makes fun of her because she is insane. Um, but keep in mind, she is very dangerous to, to even the Democratic Party uh, because they brought her in to kind of, they think that they can run her over, but she's she's got just enough madness to say mm, no. She's the one that wants to push uh, millennial-type ideas and make it look like two millennials or the ones that really don't know anything about politics sound like she's um, going for the right thing, uh, supporting a good conservative ideas, but pushing the whole universal income, the whole free health care, free education, and Medicare for all kind of thing. You know, the communism part. She's very dangerous. She is extremely dangerous. And, you know, the Democratic Party will realize just what they've done because they're going to lose power. There's going to be crazy people like her that are going to be coming on. People that will have such wild ideas that appeal to those that do not want to work, those that lack ambition, and those that are just generally confused. And you wonder, how do they wake up in the morning and actually function as human beings? Because they don't even know what bathroom to use. She's dangerous, but the most dangerous of it all, and I'm formulating an article, is what Paul Ryan started in 2017, and we're going to see come to fruition now. So in uh, 2017, there was an argument where a reporter, so this is completely staged, so people don't get it. This is how Hollywood, the mainstream media is, because I've, I've talked about it with Khashoggi, how a setup it was, right, and how it was you know, manufactured because for some reason the mainstream media think that they are entitled to drive our foreign policies. But this is how they drive everything. A young female reporter, if you remember correctly, had um, went into the House of Congress and she was wearing a sleeveless dress. And apparently uh, they... Um, had to create she had to create sleeves out of notebook paper to avoid being ejected uh, from uh, the house and her name was um Kelly Medstrich anyway so this is this is real so she was barred from the speaker's lobby for wearing a sleeveless dress and then we have uh, speaker Paul Ryan let's listen to what he says on this because hear me out so you can just see 
just what we're in for now. How what Ilhan Omar said was already planned. And this snake, this disgusting human being, Paul Ryan, this fake Republican who shouldn't even be allowed to draw retirement salaries, did. So listen to what he said. Let's play this. Give me a second. Let me put it up. There we go. The House will be in order. Shh. The House will be in order. Members, please take... Members of staff, take your conversations off the floor. The chair wishes to reiterate the announcement of the February 25th, 2015 concerning the floor practice. Members should periodically rededicate themselves to the core principles of proper parliamentary practice that are so essential in maintaining order and deliberacy here in the House. The chair wishes to emphasize these points. Members should refrain from trafficking in the well when another, including the presiding officer, is addressing the House. Members should wear appropriate business attire during all sittings of the House, however brief their appearance on the floor may be. Members must refrain from engaging in still photography or audio or video recording or streaming in the chamber. Members violating this rule may be subject to fines. Members should address the remarks and debate to the presiding officer and not to others in the second person or to some perceived viewing audience. The chair wishes to stress efforts to reduce voting times. As a, order, as a reminder, members should attempt to come to the floor within the 15-minute vote period as prescribed by the first ringing of the bells. As a point of courtesy to your colleagues, vote... Okay, that just went a little bit over, but what I was getting to here was the fact that he was talking about attire. And then we had that wear your sleeveless dress to Congress type, uh, you know, revolt and how they claimed that it was, uh, how did they put it? They said sleeve gate rears its ugly patriarchal head every summer when the weather heats up, no matter which party is in charge. Now, this was very, very important. And I'll tell you why it was important. I talked about it yesterday with Laura Loomer, where we talked about how these two women coming in that are Sharia compliant, that that believe things that are completely against the foundations of our nation, are now in elected office. I don't know how we're even having this conversation. How can we have people that, to their very being, detest everything our country stands for, have a voice in our government? They shouldn't. Their religion... And their ideologies should be left at the door and not in the house. So the sleeveless thing was, you know, created to create some formality. It's a uniform. It's your job. It is your job. You don't see women in the military wearing V-necks. You don't see men wearing, you know, those runner shorts you know, you don't see you don't see these things because it has to be appropriate. It's your uniform period. I don't care. Do you know how many Jewish members we have in Congress? Tons, right? 
Do you see them wearing yarmulkes? No, you do not. Because their religion has no business in our business as a country. None whatsoever. But now we've discussed dress code. How are we going to say your hijab has no business in the House of Congress? Because then they will claim religion. Well, why didn't the Jewish members be allowed to wear their yarmulkes? They never ask, probably because they know that there is a separation of church and state, and this has no business in here. They are bringing their religion into our house now. It's done. This is dangerous. The fact that Ilhan Omar herself said, I will show you what America has to look like. The same woman that preaches for death to Jews. You may not agree with the Jews, but you have no right to condemn them to death. The same woman that says that, you know, female genital mutilation is okay. The one that will not condemn Hamas. These are the people that we have in our house. And dress code is just the beginning of it. Right after the break, we'll break that down and see how Paul Ryan helped. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. So welcome back to the final segment. As we know today, uh, we have some congresswomen swearing in uh, that may seem benign to many at face value, I guess, and seeing it as a way of diversity and embracing. But what you don't see is just how the foundations of our nations are changing. We have Rashida from Michigan, a Palestinian-American was born in America, right? Palestinian descent. She's going to be wearing her thobe, you know, as she uh, swears in. And she's also requested to use the translated Quran that Jefferson had uh, just to show the people how Islam has been around, you know, since the 1700s, since Jefferson had a copy of it. That's something... Subtle, but, you know, for the leftists, they'll see it as something, oh, my, this isn't something new. Well, (laughs) yes, it is. The reason he had it, no one's talking about it. See, our founding fathers studied all religions, studied everything, because like I've said before, uh, Islamic revolution or using Islam to break down nations has happened in the past, You need to understand what tools are used to kneel nations, to make them fall. Again, I say it, I feel like a broken record. I've been saying this for months, but why do we have Arabic inscriptions and Roman baths in Scotland? Because no one's paying attention. Because people who control us today can control the history we have access to. But somewhere in a library, in an old bookstore, in another country, you can find that information. So she's swearing in with her thobe using uh, the, that specific Quran and made a big deal about it. Then we have Ilhan Omar, who is not an American. She was a refugee from Somalia that came in through Lutheran Social Services. I've talked about Lutheran Social Services for a big chunk of my time pointing to how these programs have been created during Secretary Clinton's time where they have been established and deeply embedded with the State Department to bring Somalis to the Midwest. A huge amount. You would think, why is Minnesota getting all these Somalis all of a sudden? You know, it's, 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 it's curious, isn't it? Just think about it. Why Somalia? Why from a nation that subscribes to Sharia, why bring people that will, that refuse to assimilate? 
Because when you migrate to another country, you want to assimilate. You want to be part of that country, not change the country. These two women coming in want to change the country. Ilhan Omar made sure to state that. She said she will show you what America should look like. This is the same woman that for some reason was able to get on the ballot even though she married her brother to commit immigration fraud and get him a green card. How was she able to get on the ballot? We have people knocked off ballots for, you know, when they were 18 for being a peeping Tom or for having two DUIs when they were 21. And yet she commits immigration fraud. She's not even an American citizen. She is a refugee. Which then begs to question under what status of refugee she came. You know, because for some reason, Lutheran Social Services seems to find all these people that are finding refuge from their country. And, you know, Somalia has two major religions. They have Islam, which dominates and persecutes the very devout Christians. Because Ethiopia and Somalia have one of the most stringent and, and, and strict Christian communities. Obviously, in Somalia, they're being persecuted by the Islam-imposed Sharia-type things, right? But here's the thing. (laughs) Lutheran Social Services isn't bringing in those Christians that are being persecuted in their own country, but they're bringing in the Sharia-compliant persons. It would be great for us to examine that. Like, Laura Loomer has tried to find information, and for some reason they're sealed. That kind of gives me a bit of deja vu on what happened with Obama. This is real stuff, guys. We shouldn't even be discussing her swearing in, let alone having been on the ballot. And then we have these bleeding hearts saying, well, you know, she has the right. She's. We need diversity. No, we don't need that kind of diversity because what happens when they change the face of our nation because they are they're coming in with their thalibs and their uh you know hijabs literally showing that their religion has a place in our government and it should not it should not it shouldn't be for christians it shouldn't be for jews and it shouldn't be for muslims buddhists anything They should not have a place in our Congress. Your religion stays outside the door. You take your thalib and you take your, you know, hijab off at the door. And once you exit, you can put it back on. Because you do not serve Allah in our Congress. You serve the American people. And the American people serve many gods to themselves in their own personal capacity and not just yours. This is very dangerous. This is something that a lot of people have kind of not really paid attention to. Like they were laughing at Ocasio-Cortez getting elected, but I'm telling you she is very dangerous. And I will use my crystal ball and tell you that in about three years, she will introduce something that will get a lot of response, which is to reduce the age of those being eligible to run for president. Guarantee you. The age will be reduced, reduced so low, it'll blow your mind. Maybe to the age that you're allowed to drink. That is something she's going to do. And we're going to be here in three years. And you're going to be, how did you know that? Because it's mathematically feasible and all, all signs indicate that. 
What better way to destroy a nation is to have someone with no life experience. You don't have to have experience in being a politician to run for office. No, you don't. You need to have experience in actually being a citizen and providing and working. And you could be broke. You could live off welfare. You could be disabled. It doesn't matter. But you lived your life. You need experience. You need that seasoning. You need to be a little bit seasoned. I mean, at the age of 25, I didn't know if I was going or coming. I had a career. I already had one child. And I was married. But I still didn't know what I wanted or what I didn't want. I still wanted to just walk into an airport and jump on the next plane to go wherever. I didn't feel like I wanted responsibility yet, let alone run for office at that time. But I'm telling you, for Ocasio, she's very dangerous. Very dangerous. And the Democrats and Republicans, because, you know, there's no such thing as Republicans and Democrats. There's pro the American people and against the American people. So we have a very small amount of people that are currently serving in the Senate and in the House that are pro people okay the rest are pro they have power so these two women are literally swearing in right now and they are changing the way our country looks and in the sense of we are now allowing sharia law to live in our congress This is a problem. And I do not understand for the life of me why no one else can see that. I'm okay with you being a Muslim. I greet them. I I can speak your language. I know your, your culture. I've been to Mecca myself. I understand. I am, I, I can see what you see through your eyes. I just don't agree with your Sharia. I don't agree with your religion. And that's okay because you have the right to believe whatever you want as long as you don't impose it on me. And here's where we have imposition. There is no freedom of speech when you impose it on someone. There is no freedom of religion when you impose it on someone, right? Uh, Imposition, forcing you. This is forcing me to listen to them. How many times you want to make a bet? They'll be like, inshallah. In the House of Congress. Oh, well, you can say in the name of God, well, you know, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And kind of like Bolsonaro said in his inauguration speech, Brazil will be back for the people. We will be free and we will break free from these socialists' paths that had been laid. He said that himself because Brazil was founded on Judeo-Christian values. It is really incredible that no one is up in arms. This is where you can see who really is reporting for the people and who's reporting for clicks and who is actually um, a covert mouthpiece, either they know it or not, for the deep state rolling out their agenda because this is what Paul Ryan did. This whole sleeveless dress thing of a reporter, (laughs) it wasn't by chance. Because now we're going to have the discussion, and you're going to be like, whoa, Tori talked about that. Yes, she did. We're going to have the discussion about dress code. You know, and then it's going to be CNN, MSNBC, and all of them, and even Fox News guarantee you now that they're owned by Disney, talking about how racist it is to 
know, discriminate against the hijab because it's their religion. Their religion has no business in our Congress. You should not be a representative of your religion in our Congress. This is not benign. These are the little changes I've been talking about. They're slight, ever so slight. They can shift everything. Kind of like the executive orders I was talking about a couple weeks ago. You just tweak it just enough to get it to where you want and nobody can see that you did it. That's the way you work. See, I've said before, finding you as a covert operative is not the problem. It's your methods. Their methods have been made by not just me, but every other single cyber soldier out there. Every other investigative journalist out there. Where are you? You should be online saying the hijab has no business, just like the yarmulke has no business in our House of Congress. This is what should be headlining right now on conservative media. Instead, we have people outraged that we have no wall. Forget the wall. We're going to get the wall. Leave the wall alone. Trump's got that. And it's your fault that he's fighting that fight right now when he shouldn't. Because we've, we've got all this other stuff that we need to deal with, and you have done just what the fake news media does, and that's drive the conversation. And in any effort to appease his base, because that's all he has, he only has us, he's fighting that fight now. He's like, whatever, let's just do it now, because they're crying about it. Cry babies. Instead of saying, I trust that he'll get it done. I'll trust he'll use that leverage. And right now he's using that leverage when he doesn't need to be using it. So his strategy has all changed. You know, someone will say, well, you're not as big as the other conservative media. Yeah, I may not be to face value. But a lot of you read my stuff for a couple years now without my name on it. A lot of you subscribe to what I've been saying for a couple years now without my name on it. So there's a lot of you out there that think alike, a lot of you. And this is where all of us need to get together. Because I, I as one person or you as one person can't go alone, alone. We all have to go together. We all have to get together and stand behind our president and let him do his job. Because if he didn't have this distraction of the wall, we would have been doing something else right now. The progress that he made with Pakistan would have been on headlines. But, you know, we have our alternative conservative media outlets that are laying the foundations for excuses for the deep state. Claiming hacks. Claiming this. You think it was just a coincidence that you found it? You think the tip that you got or the reporter that came on board was a coincidence? Guys, everything is planned. Paul Ryan planned this whole let's talk about dress code that they're going to address now. They're going to address it now. And you're going to see Sharia law that has crept into every corner of our legislation and country come to life in the offices of our legislators. And you helped drive that. And, and by you, I mean the people that take clicks over facts. Take You know, there's a lot of things that I can report that I don't. Because there, there's a lot of things that you should just keep your mouth shut on. Things that you may come up with. Kind of like, I'll make reference, you know, there was an American from Michigan, former Marine that was dishonorably discharged, right? He's been arrested in Russia as a spy. He supposedly went there for a wedding. 
He's been arrested for spying. His family says he's been there before. He has friends and he was going to a wedding. See, I can elaborate on that and I can give, but no, I'm not because it's not the right time. See, we talk about things when the time is right to talk about things. We publish things when the time is right to publish things. We don't publish things. You're not supposed to be in this business to make money. It's kind of like doctors that get into medicine for money, and they're the ones that don't listen and give misdiagnoses and provide medications that are counter to what you need. This is exactly the way journalism is. So if you're a journalist and you believe in the integrity of the news and you believe that you know what should be reported – what needs to be out there rather than the clicks, then you would be very careful as to what you say and publish. I mean, November 4th is around the corner. It's very informative. Today, if anything, just take this away from me, which is as of today, our nation's face has literally changed. We have allowed religion to enter into our house. We have allowed it because not enough people made noise. There was only one woman pretty much making noise and that was Laura Loomer and anyone else who would publish her things, which they publish only because they wanted clicks, but didn't focus on the, on the problem. This is a big problem. It's not about being Islamophobic. It's about the fact that your religion cannot concur, cannot, it's not agreeable with what our nation stands for. We see countries around the world that have been invaded by people that subscribe to Sharia and they have had to change their laws. France had to lower the age of what's allowed, like what's a minor, right? They claim that now if you're 11 or above, uh, you know, it's not considered sex with a minor because they had two Muslim men that had sex and raped an 11, two 11 year old girls. And you know, they couldn't throw them in jail because it's a cultural thing. That's okay. I mean, my daughter who's 13 gets, you know, talked to by all these random pervs on Instagram. And she says, you do know I'm 13. You need to stop talking. Oh, age ain't nothing but a number. That's okay. I'll just report you and send this to the police. I hope every single parent out there is doing the same thing to advise their children that are now entering onto social media because the law is not going to protect you. The laws now find that religion comes first. This is how we have religion in our house now because it'll be racist to say, well, how dare you have, you know, sexual contact with a 12 year old. That's disgusting. That's a child. They're still losing teeth and growing teeth. How could you even think of And then people will tell you, well, it's a religious thing. You can't. We can't. Kind of like mutilating uh, babies or toddlers, you know, vaginal area and removing clitorises and making it look ugly on purpose because that's what Allah says. And, you know, Michigan says, hey, you know, it's okay because it's religion. And it's like, but nobody asked the child. Nobody asked the child. We take away children for, for crimes you know, that are less than that. Spanking them on the butt in the supermarket will get your child removed, but removing their clitoris and, you know, deforming their genital area is not a crime. 
Those are American citizens, aren't they? Aren't those children born in America? Aren't they afforded American law? Or is it Sharia first? Today is such a sad day for me to see that our Constitution is being peed on. Nobody cares. No one's talking about it. They're actually praising it and calling it diversity when it's actually the perversion of the foundations of our nation. I would make the same noise if a man walked in with a yarmulke. I would make the same noise if someone walked in with a turban. Same noise. But see, none of them, no sheik, you know, um, no uh, Jews, no radical Christians or whatever, have walked in wearing and showcasing their God first. Because for someone that will wear the hijab 24-7 means that above all, their Lord comes first. Because, you know, in my religion, Greek Orthodox, we wear cover too. We do. I mean, the very strict ones, we do. I mean, there are some churches that I'll go to, like monasteries, that I'll be, I, I have to wear a cover on my head and a longer skirt because that's the cultural thing, right? But I don't wear it 24-7. Why? Because God is first, but it doesn't mean I need to impose that on you. You don't need to know how I make my personal choices because if you have me, if you've invested in me, your vote to speak for you, you don't want my God talking for you. You want you talking for you, right? You want your voice to be heard. So do you think that the person that's wearing the talib or the hijab is going to be speaking for you or their God first? Because obviously their God comes first because it is allowed to be in our house. It's a really bad day today. It's a sad day today. A sad day that we have someone in the house that committed immigration fraud that isn't an American citizen that came here as a refugee, not because they were being persecuted, because remember, Somalia is all pro-Islam. They're against Christian Somalis, right? Christian Somalis are being persecuted. But for some reason, Lutheran Social Services gets a lot of funding from state. North Dakota, one of them. Do you know how much money the state of North Dakota pays them to bring Somalis into our state here in North Dakota? Imagine how much money Minnesota has handed over. Why are they getting paid so much money? Why is there a program open with the State Department to bring in visas through them? Why? Why do they have lawyers on retainer, big lawyers on retainer for these refugees that supposedly come here to assimilate, but they don't? You know, a lot of them actually, I wouldn't say a lot of them, but there's there's a few of them that do. They're happy that they're away from that, that they broke free from Sharia, and they're excited about being in the United States, but the majority aren't because look at what they elected in Minnesota. Today is a very sad day. Today, the values and the foundations of our house have been desecrated completely. And no one is talking about it. No one is saying how wrong this is. Because you know what they fear? Being called racist. I'm not. Because I'm not. Because if, if, if a yarmulke was walking in there, I'd say the same thing. You should not have that in there. It is not your God first. It is me first. The one that voted for you comes first, not your God. So you have to park that outside the door. I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed that it's come to this. It's very dangerous. 
And people are more worried about what someone will call them than what's actually happening. <clears throat> Very disappointed. Very disappointed that no one else is talking about it either. You know, they're worried that they're going to be painted as extremists. No, you're not. I'm not. I'm not going to condemn you because you're a Muslim. I don't care. When you go home, I really don't care. I'm actually glad that you pray five times a day. Because if your God is the one true God, then you're keeping this planet going around because you're praying five times a day. I'm okay with that. You do you, you, do you I do me. But you do not bring that into my my legislators. This is not acceptable. Your legislators should be putting you first, not their God first. I can't stop repeating that. And I don't know why people just don't seem to understand. It's this small change that changes everything. And we can thank Paul Ryan for starting that, for putting forward, hey, maybe we should look into this dress code thing. Because, you know, the feminists all got pissy about it. Oh, how dare you? It's hot. We need sleeveless dresses. We're air-conditioned in there. You really don't need the sleeveless dress. You can wear your blazer. Take your blazer off when you get out. It's called uniform. Oh, but men say it's a distraction. Because it is. It'll be a distraction for me. If I see Angelina Jolie with a sleeveless dress or a low cut, I'll be staring there too. You don't have to be a man to look. Uniform is there for purpose. Sad day today. Very sad day. But on the other hand, we're still winning. And I hope that my fellow conservative media persons out there are more careful in what they pro- produce and publish and what they talk about. Support your president more. Trust in him. And don't report things because it fell in your lap because it's not coincidental. You have to be able to discern what you should and shouldn't be publishing on that note i wish you guys a great day great evening i'll be back tomorrow noon eastern time remember follow me on at tori underscore says on twitter and gab and my webpage tori says.com stay healthy diligent and happy